Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. Welcome back to another edition of the MMA uh, Live. I am your host, Mike Brown, H3 Buddha. Uh, we've been off for a long time, Brett. Um, looking forward to getting back into some fights. Uh, I'm here with my good friend, Brett Ackley, otherwise known as DB Bomb. Man, how do you survive with this nearly month off? Uh, did you make it? Are you I- here? Barely. I mean, I honestly, I can't quite remember what happened during the last month. I kind of feel like I blacked out and, but somehow we've, we've gotten through it. We, there's, I think only one week off of MMA the rest of the year, a lot of good cards. There's going to be a lot of big prize pools. It's just going to get progressively bigger and bigger as we get toward December. Obviously next week's a big card. Um, two fifteen, I believe there's two title fights there. This card is not the best. Um, <laughs> half the fights were scrapped due to injury. So we got really odd matchups all over the card, but it's a fight pass card. That means quick timing, uh, Saturday morning. I always like that. So, you know, NFL is back in season. There's going to be a lot of new players, hopefully coming into MMA. It's something I'm looking forward to. So this is just a nice card to get our feet wet, I think. And I'm, I'm definitely happy to have MMA back. Yeah, I think the really good thing is is that they got that two fifteen pricing out like a week yeah. ago. I feel, and that is that, and the prizes are getting bigger. And I think that exactly we're gonna get some more people over into um, MMA. And I guess um, the other thing would be just John Jones getting busted again. That's probably the biggest news that we had coming out of it. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I'm shocked. I, I made my feelings clear about that guy. And I guess, I, you know, I, and I said some things right after it happened. We'll wait to see his B sample will come out. Um, but I don't know. You hear every time someone gets popped, it's I have no absolutely no idea how this could have happened. And like, in some cases, that's true. But it's frustrating when you hear it every single time. And like 90% of the time, they're, you know, He's probably probably been cycling for, for years, honestly, but I don't know. We'll see. It obviously sucks for the UFC, sucks for John Jones, sucks for Daniel Cormier, um, sucks for the fans, but we'll, we'll see what happens once, once more news comes out on that front. Yeah, especially because they're looking for a star right now, they're looking for somebody to carry them with Connor doing whatever the heck he's doing. So that was fun, too. Uh, we had the uh, McGregor Mayweather boxing. I hope everyone didn't get trapped and tried to go with the MMA guy. Uh, I know a lot of people that took the uh, right spot. Um, what uh, do we have to look forward to um, for content? I know that there's potentially some new content on uh, the marketplace. Yeah, there's some new content. Um, I've been looking to get – well, I've been on the betting side of MMA for a long time now, but obviously DK has been my focus and – 
but for the last like year and a half, I've been tracking my bets publicly. Uh, I've been trying to get more and more into that side of things because I still think there's a huge edge in betting MMA. Um, but I didn't want to just throw it into the premium content like right away. And so now it's, I've been doing that for a year and a half. I'm confident in, in skill strategy. Um, and so, yeah, now I've added my personal bets, my betting breakdowns. There's two bets up and two betting breakdown videos up for UFC Rotterdam. Um, just talking about the bets I'm personally making, why I'm making them, bankroll management, strategy, things like that people always ask me for my bets all the time. It's something, it's one of the most common requests I get. And um, I feel like this will just only improve the content. It is $9.99 a week now. So um, the prices increase, but it, man, there's been so many people have won so much money in, in our community over the last year. I really feel like the, the, the price is still, um, there's still so much value. In, in this package and I hope that you guys stick with me and, and win some money more to come this year. Yeah. And I really uh, can't emphasize enough how the chat is. It is everyone supporting each other. Um, I see you in there more now too, different times of the day. So that's always good. So don't think that you buy the package and then have to kind of do it all by yourself. If you have questions and you want to go to the premium chat, hop in there. Um, I know I'm in there. A lot of the other pros are in there and people that uh, take it serious. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to an awesome end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a community and we're all here to help each other. It's not just me force feeding people picks and, and Hey, if we win, we all have the same exact lineup. It's we're all learning, improving, um, getting better week by week. And, and we know this is a long-term game. So join the community. Absolutely. Let's hop in to UFC Rotterdam fight. What is it? Fight night a hundred and who the hell knows it's, they don't even keep track anymore. Um, it is exclusive to the fight pass this uh, week. So um, let's kick it off with the preliminary matchups where we see an interesting matchup of uh, T-Bow Gowdy versus Andrew Holbrook. Andrew Holbrook comes in at 8,800 minus 175 favorite. Tiba Gaudi comes in at 7,400, a plus 155 underdog. Uh, how much chinny chin chin could a fight have if a chinny chin could chin? Yeah, that's interesting uh, breakdown right there. But this is really just a case of who's worse. Um, the loser of this fight should leave the UFC. Probably both guys shouldn't be in the UFC. Goody is 0-3. He's been knocked out twice and submitted once. Um, he was knocked out in like 10 seconds. Holbrook is 2-2 two and two in the UFC. He's won two split decisions, and he's also been knocked out in the first minute in the other two fights. Neither of these guys have good chins, so that interests me from a fantasy perspective because – I mean, obviously there's two sides. We can target guys who are great finishers, but we can also target guys who simply aren't very durable and neither of these guys are durable. So while I can't say Goody's an elite finisher or Holbrook's an elite finisher, it's likely someone's going to get hurt just because both are, are, are not durable at all. And it's likely someone's going to get finished. So um, personally, I'm on Goody more. I like his price. I think people are just going to ignore him. Well, maybe not ignore him, but he'll be overlooked because 
He's 0-3. There's nothing really to look at. I'm fairly confident he's the better striker here. So if the fight plays out on the feet, I think Goody will have the better chance to get the knockout. Um, Holbrook is more of a grappler, but he generally doesn't get takedowns of his own. He generally gets taken down and then like goes for a choke or goes for a leg lock and somehow scrapes out rounds that way. Goody uh, fought Aubin Mercier and, and defended well enough that I think he can defend takedowns here. And if he can defend takedowns, I think he's probably going to hurt Holbrook and probably put him away. So I definitely like Goody and GPP. Um, I'll have some Holbrook too, because even though he's not a great striker, he could just land a punch and put Goody out. So I think he'll be, I think he'll be more popular than Goody, but it's uh, first fight of the night. Definitely one I want to target in tournaments. Yeah, for sure. GPP special here. Um, I have, kind of flip-flopped back and forth because of the chin issues on both. But I think this is basically – the line is close anyways, and I do like the value on Gowdy. Um, Holbrook may have the grappling, like you said, but it's kind of like emergency grappling. You know, it's like last second, let's take him down. And I think that Goody can hold his own and stay on the feet. So I think that he is one of the few dogs that I actually would say I like. I don't know if you can really like him, but um, – Definitely GPP upside. Um, not going to touch it in cash, even for salary relief. Uh, I would con- <laughs> I would consider Goody in cash, but on- like only if it fits. Just I don't know. There- there's not many underdogs this week where I'm like, wow, this guy's a great value. This guy's probably going to win and score well. So like, I don't know. Goody makes sense to me if he fits, but I'm certainly not going to force either guy into a cash yeah. team. Yeah, Goody is at the Jackson Wink camp now, so hopefully he has gotten a little bit better striking and shown some improvement and going to be able to show some improvement. Let's move on to the next fight uh, where I'm going to try. All right, this is – got names. First night back, I am going to just go for this, okay? Do it. Abdul Karim Adeloff versus Bohan Mihalovic. Nope, no good. Good Uh, enough. No, good enough. Yeah, yeah. That was more difficult. I would have said Mihalovic. I don't know if that's right, but it's close enough what you said. There's silent snake. Oh, God, silent letters. Let's just go with Edeloff, 9,500 favorite, a minus – wow. I I, I was looking earlier, minus 720 favorite um, versus uh, Bohan's uh, 6,700 plus five. 10 now um we have adeloff making his debut russian um huge favorite here can he pay it off brett yeah i'll try to make this short and sweet um adeloff is, is my favorite play in all mm-hmm. formats he's priced that way for a reason and it's not necessarily because he's great he's pretty good uh mm-hmm. but mahavlovich shouldn't be in the ufc he's not a ufc level fighter He's basically being brought in to lose fights. Uh, he's been knocked out by Francis Ngannou, knocked out by Joachim Christensen, and Christensen uh, was has been finished in all three of his other fights. So Mihovlevich, all he really does is is duck his head and throw these like winging punches. Um, that's that's pretty much his game. Edelov is uh, like a typical Chechen fighter, like good submission grappler. He's he's this he's a, a big favorite for a reason. I think there's a big skill gap here. My biggest concern is that he takes Mahavlovich down immediately and submits him in a minute. 
and scores like 96 points. Um, we've seen that happen before, and, and that's honestly a concern. But the line's too big. He's minus 400 to win inside the distance. I think he's a clear cash play and a clear tournament play. Will he be the highest scoring fighter? I, I don't know for sure but I'm certainly willing to invest in him because even if he doesn't score 120, he should score fairly well. So um, I like him. I'm going to take out a lot of all day and, and I really don't want any, any money on Mahovlich. Absolutely. Um, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Um, there's, I want no piece of Bojan. He's like you said, he wings these punches. He's, he's, I would like to say he was durable, but he certainly wasn't against Nganu. And, um, yeah, I think that the upside is interesting um, for Adeloff. I'm, I'm not sure um, if he's going to be able to set that 130. Like you said, he may just steamroll. Um, and ownership's going to be huge on him. So, I mean, in GPPs, I'm not saying avoid him because he's a bad play. I think ownership-wise, that was his – you know, my kind of contrarian look is, you know, different places in that, but definitely going to be probably a good cash game play. And um, this top tier is, is pretty, I would say pretty elite this week. So pretty loaded. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm definitely interested to see where ownerships um, go in that direction. But on this particular one, I don't even think we need to talk much more about it. Let's just move it along. Um, let's get on to the next fight where we see, Zabit Maghomed Saparov versus Mike Santiago. All right, you got Russian versus an American here and completely different, you know, worlds. You got 9,300 for uh, Zabit, minus 440 uh, favorite. Santiago coming off that Dana White Tuesday night contender series, uh, 6,900, a plus 350 underdog. I don't really like him coming back this fast, but he did look good on the contender series. What's uh, what's your thought on this one? Yeah. Um, I want a piece of all the guys in the top tier and, and Magomed Sharapov, I'll call him Zabit, is no different. Um, he's 12 and one. He's a legit prospect. Another uh, Chechen prospect. Uh, he prefers to keep the fight standing, what I don't like about him from a fantasy perspective is he's very patient. He's just kind of like laid back, like, let's see what you got. I'm going to, I'm going to wait for you to do you and then I'll do me. And, and it, it, a lot of his matchups play out where his opponent is doing all the offense early on. And then, you know, he's also pretty tall, skinny. So he gets held against the cage. Um, fighters try to take him down. He's got good defense, good balance, et cetera. Um, and then he kind of beats them up standing, but he's just not very aggressive. And so I think Santiago is clearly going to be the aggressor here. I think Santiago is probably going to try and take him down. Um, maybe he does, but more than likely, uh, he'll, there will be clinches against the cage for a while. And then either Zabit will kind of pick him apart on the feet more and more as the fight goes or it'll be fairly close on the feet. I'm not too sure, only because of the volume and aggression. Um, so it, it's concerning from a fantasy perspective. I want guys who push the pace, who go forward, who land in volume, who get takedowns. I don't know if Zabit is that guy, and especially at the pricing tier he's at, I'd obviously much rather pay up to Prezeris and Edelov. 
I still think he's worth targeting because he's got good inside distance line. But like Santiago's fought 28 times. He's only been knocked out once. I don't know that, that this is a lock for a finish. So um, I think he'll get the short layoff or no concerns about it or not the short time in between coming right off a fight. Yeah. I mean, I have concerns, but honestly, if he wasn't coming in on short notice, I don't think it would really change my opinion of the fight. So I think I would like some exposure to Zabit, but I'll be probably underweight to the field on him. And I will probably have a small amount of exposure to Santiago just because he's going to be very aggressive. Um, and I do kind of have long-term concerns about Zabit, his physicality, his aggression. I think he might give away rounds kind of by accident. We'll see. Once he fights in the UFC a few times, we'll, we'll, we'll gather more data. But um, Santiago looked good, again, you know, in, in Dana White's show and showed that he's a capable fighter at the very least. So I don't think this is a wash by any means, um, especially early. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree with a lot of the things there. I think that Sabit does use his uh, – he's going to be definitely big. He's big for the division too. I think he'll he's be able tall. to – yeah yeah definitely um he's minus 160 i saw the props were slow to come out for the inside the distance but uh, he's minus 160 to finish inside so that's pretty good definitely going to be targeting it um i didn't i wasn't too concerned about the uh, inactivity but i do think if mike pushes it then the that just plays into his hands so it's an interesting gpp play for sure i'm looking at it um i don't know not much else i think uh Santiago is a no-go. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, let's move on to a next fight where we see Francie Marboroso versus Alexander Rakic. Uh, we see Rakic come in at 8,500, a minus 135 favorite versus Barroso's 7,700, a plus 115 underdog. Um, got a veteran of the sport here versus a newcomer again. Um, Brett loves Burrow, so he can never get him right. So just play the opposite of what he says, which he's going to say right now for us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never know what to do with them. We were talking before the show. It's like, oh, we're pretty sure uh, he's going to beat Stewart, and then Stewart wins via TKO headbutt. And it's like, oh, God damn it. And then they rematch. It's like, well, we already saw the fight. I guess Stewart's going to win by TKO. And then Bohoso goes out there and lands like seven takedowns. Just And there's been several other occasions where, you know, against Mutopcic, Mutopcic was like barely a favorite, but DraftKings decided to price him dirt cheap. So we're like, okay, great value. Bahosa smokes him. Uh, it's just, I don't like him. I don't like watching him. I don't like analyzing him. He's, he's just tough to pick. Um, I do think this is more or less a striker versus grappler matchup. Uh, Rakic is a pretty solid kickboxer. Um, I think if this fight stays standing, he's going to have a pretty significant edge. But he's fight, he's fought, pretty low level competition on the um, Austrian regional scene. So it's kind of hard to tell what level he's at. And I have seen him taken down a few times, which gives me concern because Bohoso 
at the very least will rush you into the cage, hold you there, and then try to get some body lock takedowns. So um, my gut says that Rockich's takedown defense and overall grappling is not at a UFC level, and I think Bojoso is the guy to take advantage of that. But my confidence level is like none. So I, I would like a small amount of exposure to both guys because if this fight stays standing, I, I can see Rockich lighting him up on the feet. Um, his inside distance prop is fairly good. Where is it at? Yeah, they Rock- just came out. So plus 145. It's not bad. Um, but Hoso plus 228 is not bad either, and he has the grappling potential. So I hate him, but I'll probably throw him in a couple lineups. Um, it's just really, it's a tough fight to predict without knowing the level of grap of grappling that Rakic has. So we're guessing on that front. Um, if you have a strong take, then you should go with that. But my take is that I think it's probably not great. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm getting some exposure to Bohoso, but we'll see. Austria is not really known uh, as a hotbed or a good place for MMA. So I just don't know what his training level would be. So that is concerning. I I think there's just really two ways it goes down. Ratchik early um, comes out aggressive, knocks Barroso out. That's probably a likely outcome, very likely. But I do like Barroso. Um, Ratchik has never been to a decision. Barroso knows how to win a decision in the UFC. He's got the experience behind him. This is scary to say it, but I, I like Barroso in this matchup. I, I think he can steal a second and third round, even if Ratchik uh, outstrikes him in the first or whatever he does in the first. I think um, he can be able to make a decision here. And at 7,700, there's not a lot of dogs we like on this card. So uh, I definitely do like Barroso. Um, confidence level not high. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good take. Yep. Um, but definitely target it. Definitely target that one. Let's move on to the next fight where we see Rostlum Haviloff versus Desmond Green. We have Haviloff at a 9,100 favorite, uh, minus 310 um, favorite versus Green's 7,100 uh, underdog at 255. Um, Haviloff wrestling a lot. I see a lot of people high on Green. Um, ho, 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 ho. I didn't. Uh, sorry not like that uh and yeah but uh i kind of like haviloff in this i know a lot of people are liking green so what do you like on this one yeah it's a bit odd i don't know if it's if it's bias or what i think a lot of times when people when people see an underdog and he wins and then he's an underdog again it's like oh he just won as an underdog like can't believe he's an underdog again like wow and it's obviously it's different from a betting perspective than a draftings perspective, but I really have no interest in green. Um, he's a very low output striker as is Kabilov. Um, green is only fighting is against Josh Emmett. He landed 57 significant strikes in three rounds, one takedown. I don't really see him having more success against Kabilov than he did against Josh Emmett. So, um, I find it unlikely that he's going to top really 70 points, even in a win. I think it's plausible he gets the win, but I, I feel like he's going to need the wrestling advantage against Kabilov unless he just completely stays on the outside and, and scrapes out two rounds um, with low output striking. 
there's, I feel like there's gotta be wrestling exchanges. Kavi, that's what Kavi Love does. He, uh, you know, he's, he's, landed, he's landed four takedowns, two, six, six, uh, six, you know, he lands a lot of takedowns and that's how he wins fights. And so I feel like whoever has the wrestling advantage is probably going to win because there's likely to be several wrestling exchanges and I've seen nothing from green to tell me that his wrestling is better than hobby Lobs. Um, maybe hobby Lobs isn't great, but at the very least he's, you know, clearly out wrestled decent guys like Chris Wade, um, you know, whatever Sago, no Norman park. He took Benson Henderson down six times. There's nothing from green to tell me that he's going to win this fight clearly or score well. And I think he's going to be fairly popular. So maybe not like 35%, but it, in the, maybe in the high 20s. And so, you know, even if Green wins, that's fine. I don't think I'm going to have much of any exposure to him. I'd rather take chances on lower-owned guys um, who people are just kind of writing off who have higher upside if they will win. I don't know what to do about Kabilov because he's in this range with Renault, Taisumov, Magomed Shapirov. Um, those four who I all think could score highly, but I, I really don't know which one it will be or which one or two. So, I mean, really all we need to know to target Kopilov is that he can land six takedowns, but at the same time, it's like, I would like to have some exposure to Tysonov and Zabit and Renault. So I don't, I don't know exactly how to maneuver that upper tier. Um, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I think it may be, and this is a weird situation because you have a guy that has the grappling for the DK points that we love. Um, it may be almost like a fade for me. And I, I kind of just talked it out in my head was that you have, you know, Rostelum is going to be difficult for him to score the 90 points, you know, the 10 X that we were kind of looking for. And green does not necessarily score very high against, um, his last opponent, he had uh, 64 in a win. So that's, you know, 25 points for a win. So I'm concerned. I'm concerned about um, both guys even having potential to uh, score high in this. But you do have the safety net of the takedowns to wrestle them and the um, passes and advances. So it's intriguing. It's definitely intriguing. But I'm not sure if I'm going to have a ton of either guy for sure. And I, I, I do hope that people take Desmond Green, and I hope he's on his back. Yeah, so, I, I think this is a fight if you're making, like, one to three lineups, you don't need to target. I mean, yeah. maybe it screws you, but you really don't need to target. If you're making 20 lineups, I think it's I think you should probably have a small amount of exposure to Kopilov just to cover your base. Um, and I think he might be lower owned than Zabit and Tysimov, but he could – you know, get a few takedowns, take the back and get a submission. Maybe it's not crazy out of, out of realm of possibility. Um, but yeah, it'll be a small amount of uh, copy love or pass for me. Same here. Yeah. He just kind of likes to control on the ground and that's, that is kind of a little bit concerning. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next fight where we see Michelle Prezeris versus Mad uh, Burnell. Uh, we have Prezeris come in at 9,400 on DraftKings, a minus 420. Favorite versus Burnell's 6,800 underdog at plus one, uh, plus 335. Um, are we going to take the tractor here? Is he going to just steamroll Burnell here? Or are we going for the newcomer in Mads Burnell? 
I like Brzezaris. I think he'll be popular. Um, Brunel's an interesting guy. Like, everything that I've seen from him, I've liked. But he's fought absolute nobodies. And it's funny because he actually fought one guy who's 20 and 4. And I'm like, oh, wow, this guy's 20 and 4. And then you go look at that guy's record, and he's literally fighting guys who are 0 and 10. Or like, uh, you know, 1 and 3, 0 and 4, things like that. And so everything Burnell's been able to do on the regional scene, he's had success. He just stands there, you know, kind of throws a jab or two, and then he's like, I'm going to take you down. And then he runs, grabs a double leg, throws the guy down, holds him down. Um, pretty much all of his success in the grappling comes in transition. He's really good at head and arm chokes. And I saw he had two wins by – uh, Japanese necktie, which is like my favorite submission in MMA. I always call for it because you you need the the vice grip, which is a transition to the to the dars. Um, but MMA fighters always go for the dars, where the Japanese necktie you just need the vice grip, and then you can whatever hook an ankle, throw on the etc. Um, and just being able to go for that move and complete it like tells me that his grappling is at a fairly high level. Like he understands the game. And so I want to root for him. It's, I mean, what's he going to do? Take Prezeris down though. Prezeris is, is a brick house. Um, yeah. He's our, you know, his only losses are to Kevin Lee, who's now fighting for a title and uh, Tiago. Yeah. Tiago. What's his face? Tiago, Paula Tiago. Paula, yeah. Um, but yeah. He's, he's, you know, he beat, Tysumov, who's coming up on this card, he beat Gilbert Burns, ran through Berkman. It's just, I don't know exactly how good Burnell is, but I suspect he'll look for the takedown like he always does. He'll get stuffed, and then Prezeris will get a bunch yeah. of takedowns himself, maybe a submission late, maybe knock him out. I think the only way he loses is if Prezeris just gasses or if he gets caught in transition, which I don't think those are, I mean, maybe likely enough to throw Burnell in a lineup, but not any more than that. And I think Prezeris is going to be a popular guy, one of my favorite fighters on the card. Um, and I, I, I think he's fairly safe to win. Yep. I am all same thing as you on this. I love Prezeris in this matchup. Um, we got to remember that Bernal's coming in on short notice too, so we don't know what shape he's going to be coming in. It's a great matchup. Um, stylistically for Prezeris to take advantage um, anywhere and pretty much have do whatever he wants in the fight. I, I'm pretty sure. So I'm probably going to be pretty overweight on Prezeris and be happy with it. Hopefully. Do you think he'll come in significantly under owned compared to Edelov? Yes, I, I personally do. I think people um, are going to pay up for the knockout. And I, and I don't think it's necessarily the best play. Cause as we were saying, we don't know if he could just get it right away or if he could just sub them right away. It's, it's concerning in those uh, regards. But um, I think that Prezeris has way more uh, opportunity to score over 100 or even 110. You know, I think he's got the knockout power to knock him down and then sub him or something crazy like that. So I am happy to roster Prezeris at a lower ownership, which I project. I project. Yeah, I think he'll be a lower ownership. His inside distance is plus 146 and Hedelov is minus 400. So yeah. Um, but if he, even if he wins by decision, he still might score over 100, which is kind of crazy these mm -hmm. days. But, uh, yeah, it, it definitely a popular play, but one of my favorite plays. 
Yep, let's get uh, to another fun matchup where we see uh, Mirabak Tysonoff versus Felipe Silva. We have Tysonoff come in at 9,200, a minus 250 favorite versus Silva's 7,000 underdog at plus 210. I'm seeing some love for Silva, undefeated. Um, you're going to go with another Russian. I see this theme. we got a lot of Russian grinders on this card. Any concerns with uh, Tysonoff? Are you going which way on this one? I like Tysimov. Um <clears throat> He's in that range, like I said, with Renault, Kopilov, to beat where I want a little bit of exposure to him. The one concern I have for him is that he really hasn't fought anyone good. Um, he's looked good in these fights against poor fighters, but, I mean, you know, he's beaten Taihyun Bang. Stop me when you hear a good name. Taihyun Bang, Marcin Bandel, Anthony Christodoulou. Alon Patrick and Demir Hadzovich. It's like it had, yeah. If Patrick maybe, is the maybe. best fighter you've beaten, like it's just so it's hard to gauge his ceiling. Um, I think he, sh I think he should be better everywhere here. Silva is like a Muay Thai guy. Um, I clearly he has decent power, can be aggressive. Um, I think Tysimov is a more technical striker, so the longer the fight goes, he'll probably pick him apart. And I also think. He can land takedowns if he chooses to. I don't know what game plan he will choose. Uh, similar to Zabit, he's kind of patient, kind of counter-striker, um, which is concerning if he doesn't look for the takedown. But there's enough ability there, enough grappling potential, enough potential to win inside the distance. But I do want some exposure to Tysimov. I also don't mind Silva in that tier with Santiago, where like I don't think they're going to win. But, like, Silva's going to be aggressive, and, like, if he does win, it's probably going to be something crazy. So I'd rather take a chance on that than, like, go to Desmond Green with everyone else. Um, so, yeah, I do think Tysonov wins the fight, though. I, I agree. I think that Tysonov is the play here. But I do see a little bit of merit if you're punting because there, there really aren't many dogs that we like. And Silva um, – very good in the clinch. I mean, great clinch game. Um, he should, he could land something in the clinch and take advantage of that. But the problem is, is Tysimov's just too smart. I think he just takes him down and controls him on the ground. And we certainly do know the safety with him and the takedowns and the advances. So I think that he is the play here. Let's uh, move on over to the next fight where we see Darren Till versus Bohan Volikovich. And uh, we have Till as the 8,900 favorite. Minus 190 versus Velikovic, uh 7,300, plus 165. Um, personally, I'm already on the Darren Till train. I, I, I think he's well-rounded. Um, man, he's, he's, he's starting to peak. And I think that people are betting, starting to bet down uh, Boyan a little bit. But uh, he, he's able to get taken down, and I think that Till has uh, a lot more paths to victory in this fight. Uh, are you looking at the underdog? What are you doing in this one? I really don't have any interest in this fight on DraftKings. Um, what I want to target is high-paced fights with grappling potential and finishing potential, and I don't think this fight has really any of that. It shouldn't be high-paced. Till is, again, very patient, likes to sit all the way back, counter um Valeshkovic is a bit more aggressive but i don't think he's as technical as till so i think till will kind of lead the exchanges um or win the exchanges i should say 
there is some grappling potential, but it's certainly not Till's first path game plan or game plan, first path to victory. It might be Bojan's. He might look for the takedown. Maybe he gets it, but I just I don't think he's going to win the fight that way. He he really doesn't do anything. Like what does he do in fights? I don't you know. Yeah, he, I mean, he has he has trouble creating offense, and I think Till's just is a technically superior. Um, the fight's likely to go two decisions. So, you know, Till's he's not Sam Alvey, but he's in that same ballpark where it's like, yes, he could counter strike and knock Velikovic out in a minute, but like unless that happens, he's probably not going to meet value. So I'm not really willing to pay. Uh, yeah, eight point nine k GPP only for Till for me. I mean, and and. Personally, I think that it goes to a decision as well. So I do think it's going to be a striking affair. That's what I have down in my notes is kind of be aware that they could be low scoring. Um, but let's remember, Bojan was losing the last fight against Masuke. And then you saw the chicken dance thing when that was that was one of the most bizarre knockouts I've ever seen where Masuke was like dancing in the middle and he knocked him out. But he was he was definitely losing. So people, again, are going to be jumping on. Oh, he, he knocked out Nick. Nico Masuke, but Masuke hadn't fought in a long time and he was basically gassed by the third round. So I agree. I think Till basically can knock him out or strike his way to a decision. And, and that's not a lot I want to invest into. So well, anything else? No, I just, I agree with what you said. I, I just sure like Velichkovich could win, but like there's, there's really no reason to pick him to win. And there's really no reason to invest in him. Even if he scores 75 points, it's like, man, that really hurt. He scores 75 points. I'm not, I'm just not willing to invest much money in that. I'd rather take chances on lower owned guys who are, who have a hundred point upside. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on to a, another fight where we see Leon Edwards versus Brian Barberina. Uh, we have Edwards coming in at 9,000 and Barbarina come in at 7,200. Edwards minus 275 favorite, Barbarina plus 235 underdog. The line's been uh, up and down on this particular fight. I think um, it's interesting. We like uh, – I, I, I kind of have a certain take on this one. What do you have on this one? It's an interesting fight, um, and I hope it plays out the way I think it's going to. It's just this is a type – this is a – style of matchup that I like to target and uh Edwards I and I've said this a bunch of times already but he's he's a striker right that's what he's billed as but he's a very low volume striker but he almost never wins his fights by striking he's turned into a wrestler and a and a decent one at that because I mean we have to give him credit he's beaten uh yeah, he submitted Tumanov. That was an impressive win. He um, out-wrestled Dominic Waters, and he basically out-wrestled Vincente Luque as well to win um, two decisions there. I think he's going to have to wrestle Barbarena to win this fight, and I'm just not sure he can do that consistently. Consistently, like Barbarena was taken down 12 times by Colby Covington, which shows that he can certainly be taken down but Colby Covington had to work for these takedowns over and over and over. Barbarina had to scramble or scramble to get back to his feet 11 times. Um, and I don't know if Edwards is capable of that. So I think more than likely Barbarina is going to push the pace. Sure. He could get knocked out. I think Edwards is actually the better striker, but I just think the pace of the fight 
the volume. Um, Barbarena is going to win rounds on the feet, and he's never been knocked out in 17 fights. So uh, if Edwards doesn't knock him out, I think Barbarena wins over 15 minutes on the feet. And so I think Edwards will need to use his grappling to win the fight, and I just can't count on that. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not confident in Barbarena winning this fight, but the price on Barbarena is so cheap. Um, the line is off for sure. And, and they, they both have good dash tanks too. That's, that's the interesting thing. So it will be. Barbarina certainly does. Yeah. Edwards so seven, not. Mm, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Luke fight, it was sloppy towards the end. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like Barbarina. I think he's safer. I think he's a fine. I think he's a good cash game play. Um, unlikely to get finished and, and a high output guy in tournaments it's going to be more interesting because he, he's not likely to finish he's probably going to be fairly popular i still think he's one of my favorite plays dollar for dollar um just because i think he has a decent path to victory and i really don't have any interest in edwards again like till unless he wins by knockout in the first few minutes he's not likely to reach value i mean i guess he could land several takedowns but i'd rather just pay up a hundred dollars to Renault Kabilov or, or a few hundred dollars to Tysonov um, or Zabit. Yeah. So you also targeting Barbarina because of the pure aggression too. He's aggressive. The pace of the fight. Yeah. 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 Got it. Let's uh, move on to the next one where we see Marianne Renault versus Talita Oliveira. Um, we have Renault come in at 9,100, a minus 320 favorite versus Oliveira's uh, 7,100 on DraftKings plus 260. Um, very late replacement for, um, I forget who she replaced, but, uh, Oliveira. Jermaine Durand me. Oh yeah. Oh, oh I, she, she's not even on my radar anymore. She's, yeah. although weird, I did have her against bro. home, but man, that was, yeah. I think that that's going to be your scapegoat. Oh, hand hurts. Can't fight. <laughs> but, Apparently. um, yeah, let's, uh, you overall just general thought here. Do you like to target people that are late replacements that didn't have a fight scheduled? I mean, not really, not specifically. I don't, I, I, I will sometimes look to target against people on short notice, but I obviously, I don't look to target people on short notice. The only, the, okay. The only reason yeah. that I, I like Bernardo a bit is because the only thing she's going to want to do is get the takedown. And I think she's a decent wrestler and grappler. And I think Renault has some defensive holes that I think it's fairly likely Bernardo gets a takedown or two early in this fight. Now that doesn't mean she wins the fight, but if I can go that far in my mind, I can usually get to the possibility of, okay, well maybe she can win a couple rounds then. And I don't think anyone's going to touch her. Um, with that said, I don't really – I haven't seen any striking from her. Renault's good on the ground, so I'd be shocked if Bernardo could pass a ton of times either. But it's like it's possible that she lands five, six takedowns and holds Renault down enough um, to win two rounds. I think that's a reasonable outcome, not one that I will pick outright. but if Bernardo's going to be under 10% owned, I'll probably take a shot on her. Um, Renault I like as well because I, I don't think Bernardo is a good striker. I haven't really seen her strike at all. All of her wins are by first-round submission. 
pretty much. Um, and so I think as the fight goes on, if Bernardo can't get those takedowns, Renault is just going to start lighting her up on the feet. And potentially, even if she does get a takedown, she might, Renault might submit her because she's a black belt herself. Um, so, never yes. been subbed. Who? Renault? No, uh, Renault's never been subbed. Yeah, I don't see Bernardo really submitting her. Just the takedowns worry me. But I, how, like, how do you think people are going to view Do you think people are going to be heavy on Renault? That, that's the other thing. I, I don't believe that they are. It's funny how we, we think alike. I, I think people are going to look elsewhere. They're going to look to the Russian guys because they have names. By the way, uh, just to clarify something, I'm, I'm not sure if she got married and she changed it to Bernardo, but other sites do have her as uh, De Oliveira. So perhaps she got married and the name was switched. So It's, it's like a, I mean, it's it, a Brazilian it's, nickname. They have like 37 names, so it's okay. Yeah. Um. I, I agree. I, I, I think that Renault could go overlooked in this spot. And um, I love the pace. She does throw uh, almost four significant strikes per uh, um, minute, which is awesome on the feet. I mean, it's not elite, elite, but it's good enough to target for DraftKings. And I agree. I, I, I think that uh, her takedown defense should be able to hold up here. Um, um, the striking is terrible for Bernardo. It, it, it's, it's very very bad it's just basically straights and there's not there's not much movement so i'm i really really like renault in this matchup um i don't know i i i'm i'm uh, the other thing is we have two people that are 9100 right you know me i love uh when we have that happen because from a game theory point of view you're going to have people that will never roster both of them right like um Havilov and renault um, that's something I like to do always. Um, I don't, I know that you, we rarely get to talk about this in, unless we're on, but it's just one of those game theory things, right? People, if they're clicking, they're going to click one of the 9,100s, not both of them. And they both have, you know, Renault's got the uh, striking and potential, maybe knockout or a, a late finish. And you have Habaloff who's going to be grappling. So I don't, in, in this particular one, I'm probably having, and when I make GPP builds, have both of them because of, you know, Renault is going to be low and Habaloff falls in that same thing. People are going to be going up to pay. So is that, is that a strategy that you ever look at? Um, if you have people that are the same price, especially the higher price people, people I usually mean, pick one. Not specifically, but I understand what you're saying. Um, like I would never just plug both in if I, I didn't like them, but, well, of course, it, of course. It, but it, I mean, I, I, yeah, I would, in this situation. Yeah, probably people are not going to play both of them. And I think both will, won't be super high owned anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I definitely like Renault. Uh, I think um, all signs point to the potential for her to have a high score. I don't know if it'll play out that way. But again, she's in that tier with Avilov, Sabit, Taishimov, where it's like, I, I don't know who's going to score the highest. They all could. I want some exposure to her, but I don't want to go crazy because I don't want to just overlook the other three guys. Um, but, but I do like her and I will have a small amount of exposure to Bernardo, which will probably still be overweight to the field because no one will touch her. Um, I think Renault should win the fight though, unless she just gets wrestled and held down. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm definitely on Renault in this particular matchup. Let's move on to a bizarre. I can't believe that I'm saying that, Sair Baharzara versus <laughs> Rob Wilkinson is a co-main event. Yeah. It just I mean, that's the way the 2017's been. Um, it's a world we live in. Uh, 
yeah, Baja Rosada comes in at 8,300 uh, minus 140 favorite versus Wilkinson's 7,900, a plus 120 underdog. Here's your mid-range fight you wanted, Brett. They, they said, we can't let one card go by without Brett getting a mid-range fight. So here, <laughs> here it is. So which side are you on on this Yeah, one? there is really no mid-range. Um, yeah. it, it's another annoying matchup, but uh, I, I like Bahadur Zada. I think from what I've seen, Wilkinson uh, fought a lot of low-level talent on the Australian regional scene. He's undefeated. Um, I think the way I described him is – He's a decent striker. He's going to look to strike, but like as soon as you start striking back, he's like, "Oh, I want none of this. Like I'm going to run the other way." Like he, I don't think he really likes to get hit, and so he may have a decent striking technique. He may be able to land some punches, but as soon as Bahadurzada starts hitting him, he's gonna he's not going to want to strike. Um, Bahadurzada, faster hands, powerful hands. He's a good striker, um, very experienced striker, knockout threat. I think the longer this fight stays standing the better chance Bahadur Zada will have to win and to hurt Wilkinson and put him out. Wilkinson, in, in one of his regional fights, he, he landed like eight takedowns in the first two rounds. He was just nonstop aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. And that's scary because I don't want to fade him because if he wins, that's probably how he's going to win here. He's going to be like, I don't want to strike. I have to wrestle. And he's going to land six, seven, eight takedowns because he's not a great wrestler. Probably not going to keep Bahadur Zada down. So that's scary. Um, but I think the most likely outcome is Bahadur Zada has decent enough takedown defense. He's going to stuff the takedowns, probably hurt Wilkinson early, and then kind of pick him apart and probably get the finish. So I like Bahadur Zada more because I think that's what's going to happen. Um, but kind of like Bahoso, I, I think potentially the odds are close. This is like almost a 50-50 fight according to Vegas. If Wilkinson wins, he's going to get several takedowns. and so. Maybe I'll throw him in a lineup or two, uh, but my my official pick will be Bahadur Zada, probably by finish. Yeah, um, Wilkinson does have an eight inch reach advantage here. Usually for me, I kind of look at like five inches as a threshold of can the person utilize that advantage or not. I'm not really sure that the eight inch reach comes into play on this bout at all. Um, like you said, Bahadur Zada can close the distance, and he's got knockout power, and I believe. Later in later, he gets, you know, a little bit stronger, I guess you could say. And um, the one concern is uh, Sayer does get taken down. He kind of averages like two takedowns per a fight um, getting taken down, um, which is a concern. But I do think that uh, before that even happens, I think Barazada will light him up on the feet. Um, this fight is taking place at welderweight, which is uh, both of them moving up for this particular bout, which is – something to look at middleweight um, or welterweight i'm showing i'm oh, showing 185 up to middleweight yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yep yeah. that was it um but yeah we've seen wilkinson rock before um he's able to fight through it but i i do think the bar is out of, uh probably a late finish probably a late knockout that's my official prediction for this one but let's get on to a awesome matchup i think when i saw this one i was like these are two monsters of the ring <laughs> this is like the freak show fights that we love it's not even a freak show though because there's such high level talent let's uh look at the main event where we see steven struve versus alexander volkoff uh volkoff the small favorite 8400 on DraftKings minus 120 and struve coming in at 7800 a plus 100 
underdog. Um, Struve, hometown guy, skyscraper. Um, both guys, um, basically, what, seven feet tall? They're going to be towering over the ring when they get in there. Um, both guys have great inside the distance props. It's a close fight. Um, which way are you uh, looking on this one? Well, I was leaning Struve uh, early, but, like, honestly, it's it's really a toss-up. I, I, there's really no way for me to be confident in either guy. Both guys are have really big holes in their game. Um, I could see it playing out for either fighter. Volkov, I haven't really been high on him. He's fought uh, Roy Nelson and, and Tim Johnson, two smaller guys who are just going to bull rush him and, and try to take him down. It's quite the different matchup for Struve, who um, I've heard it, I've heard this said both ways, but um, yes, yeah, Struve is normally used to fighting guys smaller than Volkov, but at the same time, Volkov's never fighting guys that are bigger than him and have longer reaches. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how Volkov reacts to fighting a, a larger guy, uh, which he's probably never have in his career. Um, I can see Volkov winning this fight with his volume striking. I can see Struve uh, winning the, the, the fight with striking and some semblance of power, potentially getting the fight down. If Struve gets the fight to the ground, that's where he's going to have his biggest advantage. Um, I can't really say that that's a likely outcome because he's not a good wrestler. He's seven feet tall. Uh, but this is heavyweight. Both guys have enough power where, um, you know, even if I, even if I thought Volkov was a slightly better, technician on the feet i still think struve has more power could hurt him vice versa struve's been knocked out plenty of times albeit to good fighters so really i i can't say that i'm confident in either guy and i, I would never tell someone oh you need to you need to roster this guy eight out of your 10 lineups i'll probably be split i think both guys have good inside distance props it'll probably be a high paced fight at least at the start so i'm going to get my exposure to both guys um, I will leave a couple lineups without them because of in case it, it kind of drags the last three rounds as like a clinch fest. That's not a, that's not a crazy outcome. Um, I'll lean Struve just because I think he's a bit more well-rounded and I'd, I'd like to see Volkov in this matchup. Um, it's really with no confidence though. Yeah. He can, he can basically prove us wrong. Volkov. I'm on uh, Struve as well. I do think he's got better striking Volkov does, but Struve has better ground game. Um, uh, again, like you were just alluding to, the end of the fight could be a clinch game against the fence where they're just kind of, you know, wrestling for position. I mean, that's what happens in a lot of these skyscraper type fights. You know, they all, they, they're just huge. They just, they, they end up towards the cage. It's like a magnet. Yeah. Volkov um, still landed over a hundred significant strikes in three rounds. So even if it goes to decision, I still think it can pay off price, especially in the mid range. Yeah, for sure. Um, that pretty much does it for UFC Rotterdam. Um, looking forward to pay-per-view next week. Um, yeah, yeah. DJ looking to break the record. Any last thoughts? Um, no, I mean, there, there's so many newcomers on this card. Uh, I would say probably spread your exposure out there. There's no, there's no way to be so confident in like one or two fighters on this card. In my opinion, I think it's a card to kind of spread your exposure, make many lineups. That's how I'm personally attacking it. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm looking to pretty much play GPP, uh, GPP on this card. And I look forward to the next card because uh, no um, Vegas odds are out yet for it, but we have salaries, so you can still build for the pay-per-view. Um, I'm looking forward to making some money this week. Hope you are too. Uh, let's <laughs> close up. You take it. Uh, All we'll right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for watching, everyone. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only.